0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. On this episode, we'll have an Orlando trip report by Scott and Neil. Then I'll be speaking about the new HBO documentary on Elizabeth Holmes. As always, we will conclude the episode with our very popular Stuff We Love segment. So let's meet the hosts. I'm Jack. I'm Neil. And I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love Podcast.
1: Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. The Stuff We Love podcast is sponsored by Auto Slash. A few months ago, I was uh, looking around on the internet for car rental deals and I came across Auto Slash. I was searching for car rentals for my upcoming trip. I was very interested in learning about the service that they advertised, which indicated that the cost of my car rental would be lowered. The podcast is very proud and happy to announce that we are now working with them and we're excited to tell you a little bit more about what they have to offer.
0: So, Scott, how exactly do they go about finding you these lower prices that they uh, claim to find?
1: So, when you book at AutoSlash, what they do is they apply every coupon code you are eligible
2: for, and they apply it to your rental. Uh, why uh, Why couldn't I just find those deals myself?
1: AutoSlash searches a wide range of codes, including publicly available codes and special membership-only codes. That would indicate if you're a member of Costco, AAA, or if you have other memberships like credit card programs... Or frequent flyer
0: programs that's really cool so once you book the initial trip then are you all set with the lower rate or do you have to do any other work along the way
1: well personally you know I would have been happy with just saving money up front but what AutoSlash does is go one step further what they do is they update you on any better deals they find in advance of your trip so even after you book your initial car rental what they do is they keep on looking for better deals right until your pickup date which is really great because what happens often is that rates drop as the pickup date approaches. So if AutoSlash finds a lower rate, they email you so you can rebook and save.
2: It's actually amazing. Uh, That could be incredibly helpful. Uh, Do do I or would anybody have to book through their site initially?
1: So the cool thing is even if you did not use AutoSlash for your initial car rental booking – What you can do by going to their website is you can enter your car rental reservation information and Autoslash will use what what they refer to as their tracker service, where they will monitor the car rental rates available for you for your upcoming trip and they will then email you with better rates that are available for your trip. I remember seeing that the average user saves around 30% off their typical rate. As a matter of fact, for my upcoming summer trip, I had booked a car rental before discovering Autoslash And then when I used Autoslash's service, I was actually able to save close to $200 on my car rental. And people that I've recommended the service to have all been able to universally save significant money on their upcoming car rentals. So Autoslash is an amazing service. We're happy to be sponsored by them. They've been featured in the New York Times, Condé Nast Traveler, and on the Today Show. Visit them at Autoslash.com. Neil and I were recently in Orlando for a work trip, but while we were there, we did have some downtime. We wanted to tell you all a bit about some of the highlights of our trip. First off, we stayed at the Lowe's Sapphire Falls Resort at Universal Studios Orlando, where Neil had stayed before, but it was my first time staying there. This was a Caribbean-themed hotel, which has the largest pool on Universal property. The lobby is open aired with enormous windows, bright sunshine, exactly like what you would expect to find in the Caribbean. And I have to say I was a very big fan of this hotel. There were multiple restaurant options, which all were good. There is a faster food type service thing in case you needed a quick meal. The front desk staff and concierge staff was extremely helpful. I loved going to the pool. It was enormous and tons of fun with plenty of beach balls available to play with. They also have a nice game room on the premises and good boat service that takes you over to Universal City Walk. Uh, So Neil, I know you had stayed there before and you're a big fan of it. Uh, Any thoughts about this on your second trip there?
2: Yeah, so I loved it. The first time I was there was, I was there for literally less than 24 hours. It was a quick stop and uh, I didn't have any expectations really. Uh, I wasn't too familiar, it was a pretty new resort and I loved it, I just had so much fun there. Um, Lowe's does a great job, the Universal Hotels uh, they are, if you're, if you're a listener and you really just focus on Disney only Disney hotels, I love Disney resorts. Uh, and that's such a, a, important, uh, so many of them offer so many different types of experiences and I just love experiencing Disney hotels, but I highly recommend you start giving it, um, uh, some time to a universal property, uh, as well and to incorporate that into your Orlando trip. They're st- just, the quality is terrific. The staff is Wonderful. Whether it be just uh, front desk, the valet, the pool, um, uh, they they even have someone coming around. They provide suntan lotion, or uh, uh, and, and there's great service for drinks. The buffet that's there for breakfast is 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 awesome, um, and it's just the uh, the rooms are comfortable. The beds are very comfortable. Scott, I, I slept very well. Yes. Uh, I, I remember we spoke about it. You did the same. Very it's nice just and nice. it's also and it has a very. Um, relaxing resort feel. You really feel like you're in a, uh, just a wonderful resort. And I, what's nice about Sapphire falls is that it's very affordable. Mm-hmm. You're getting a really high quality resort and it's very affordable. Now there are other properties that I love at universal, particularly, you know, Portofino Bay. I love those Portofino Bay, the resort. That's, um, that, that's terrific as well. Uh, and, but the thing is, you're also going to pay a premium price because, now, with that premium price, you will get express passes for all the guests in your party. Here, you don't get that same express pass value, but you still have the boat ride, which is awesome. You have a beautiful facility. There's a bar there. It does have a um, convention space. So you, there's a lot of people using it. There, uh, it's just for the value. It's amazing value, uh, just high quality. If you don't care about the express pass, for the universal part, which you could always buy separately as well. You'll have to do the calculations as to how many members are in your, in your party and whether or not it makes sense to, to get a hotel that includes it or not. But I, I strongly recommend it. Um, I had a great time there uh, and I'm glad I got to
0: spend a little more time there at this time and enjoy the pool and facilities. Just a quick question for both of you. Obviously, you guys have been in a ton of different resorts and hotels throughout your various you know traveling experiences. How does this hotel rank for you guys um, in terms of just how much you enjoyed it. Would you go back again? Would you weigh it, go over, stay in there over some of your other resorts you've been at? Yeah.
2: Scott,
1: do
0: you want to take up?
2: You
1: want? I'll just give an answer to Jack's question. Uh, sure. You know, I sort of look at Orlando area as a whole and all of the hotels they have to offer. And for me, I've stayed for the most part, although not entirely, at the Disney and Universal hotels. I rank every Universal hotel I've now stayed at, which is Sapphire Falls. Royal Pacific and Portofino Bay in as good as the Disney equivalent. You know I would say Sapphire Falls is somewhere between a moderate and a deluxe. Portofino and Royal Pacific would certainly be the equivalent to a Disney deluxe. And I do love them. I think for people whose main priority on their trip is staying in Disney World, it still makes sense for the most part to stay at a Disney property. and I do love those hotels. But if you're going to be spending a lot of time at Universal or planning on shuffling back and forth between Universal and Disney, the Universal hotels are 100% worth considering because you could stay at the premier Universal hotel, which is Portofino Bay, and pay less per night by a significant amount than you would, than you would pay for, let's say, the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian, for example. So you do save good money. The only difference is that it's not Disney and you're not sort of wrapped up in the Disney bubble, but they, they are great hotels. So I kind of look at them all together, and I plan on staying at Disney hotels in the future, including this summer, and staying at Universal Hotels as well on other trips.
2: Yeah, I think Universal is essential to the hotels there. I think the value and the, the actual hotels themselves are just so well run that they're absolutely part of my Central Florida uh, Orlando trips. Um, absolutely. I think they provide a great – getaway. And uh, that being said, I also always will have Disney hotels and wanting wanting to experience all the Disney hotels. And one of the things I really like about between Disney World and Universal is that there's just so many different experiences that you could have now Uh, because resorts are such a big part of your Disney and Universal trip that to have both locations and be able to explore all the resorts that are unique, different, and exciting in their own way, it provides Countless amounts of possibilities for uh, new types of trips that you could enjoy.
1: Yes, I agree 100% uh, So a few of the highlights of our trip on our first day there with the day we flew in We actually had a Disney Springs food tour that we organized ourselves uh, Among the highlights of what we ate we began at Jock Lindsay's hangar bar where we had popcorn chicken and pizza This was split among my brother and I and our friend who was joining us for the trip then we went over to the chicken guy which is Guy Fieri's place over at Disney Springs where we had the chicken tenders. And the chicken tenders are amazing. They're fluffy, they're thick, plenty of meat on there. And when you order the chicken tenders, they give you a choice of two of their sauces on the side. They have probably, I'm, I'm going to guess, 20 to 25 sauces you could choose from. So it was really awesome. We, we liked that tremendously. Then we went to the Polite Pig, which is a barbecue place. But twice a day, they get a delivery from a bakery in Orlando called Gideon's of this chocolate chip cookie. And I can't even really describe it, except to say that it's a thick, enormous cookie with huge chocolate chips spread all throughout. It's delicious. So we waited for that. Neil waited in line and was uh, not the only person in line for the cookie. As a matter of fact, they went very quickly. Then we ended up going to Aristocrapes, which is a standalone place over at Disney Springs. It's one of those walk-up locations. And we had brownie batter edible cookie dough, which was delicious. And then I also had a Coca-Cola Icy at the rooftop bar at the Coca-Cola store. So this was not a healthy day. I do not recommend that anybody engage in this type of eating. But we went a little bit crazy and decided to do this to
2: start off our trip. Jock Lindsay's is such an underrated place. I don't, maybe maybe it is rated highly enough, but I just I don't hear about it as much as other places, uh, uh, I, I got to say. Their food is so good. The the ambiance, the setting is perfect. the The pizza is great. Um, they also have sliders. It's just it's just terrific. The, the uh, I second everything Scott just said. The cookie definitely wait in line. Find out when they're going to be getting the fresh shipments in. Uh, they got two shipments when I was there last time in the morning, and then at four o'clock I believe was the second one. Um, and it's so good. Uh, it's just just great. Just great.
1: Something amazing that happened at Jock Lindsay's hangar Bar is that the waitress came over and gave all of us official Disney pins for the restaurant,
2: which was... Yeah, that was awesome. she, she was amazing. great. She was awesome.
1: Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, that night, what we ended up doing was spending time at Universal City Walk, where we went to dinner at the NBC Sports Grill, which I really liked. Traditional American food, burgers, chicken sandwiches, that type of stuff, salads... And then we had late night dessert at Voodoo Donuts, which actually we ate probably in the early morning hours of Wednesday. So needless to say, that was a ton of food to eat. Again, I don't recommend it, but it was amazing. Voodoo Donuts is a must do on a Orlando trip to me. Uh, And then if that wasn't enough, the next morning over at Boma at Animal Kingdom Lodge, we went to their breakfast buffet, which we've talked about before here on the podcast but it was tremendous as always the thing that i'll remember about this visit to boma is that there was a table nearby full of people from australia that were there for a girl's birthday they actually flew to walt disney world to celebrate a girl's birthday and there must have been i don't know neil about 15 to 17 people at this table and they all seemed to pay with separate checks so <laughs> oh, I'll, never, I'll never forget that that's only in disney
2: <laughs> only in disney. that's that's great um uh, yeah, the Boma. I mean, the hype is real. It's a great buffet. The breakfast is amazing. Everything there, even the standard staples, for whatever reason, they just taste better there, mixed with the unique options that they have. Our waiter, by the way, big shout out yeah, to Alexander. Alexander. He was, awesome. he was great. Cool, you know, guy. just terrific. Yeah, yeah, just terrific. Yep.
1: And Neil, you want to say a few words about the uh, work site visit we made to give kids the world?
2: Uh, you know, this is. Um, it's really tough to describe here what uh, what a special and beautiful place Give Kids the World is. For all of our listeners, if we could sort of have this sort of – if you could just read about this place online, read about um, what they do, the founder, everything. Um, if you could just uh, take the time and spread the word about this place, it's, um, it, it's, it's it would be really – Great to, to show any support you can. It's um, uh, it's just an amazing facility. Uh, it's it looks like you're in a theme park in a way. There's rides, these beautiful amenities to live in, um, uh, where uh, people get an opportunity, their families get to go down for a week and and spend time enjoying the parks and everything it has it's to families offer. Families
1: with children who uh, a child who's critically ill. That's how you get right. to
2: go there. Yep. They they work with Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, um uh many different companies that have provided generous support. And it's what's amazing is given the heavy nature of, you know, some of the circumstances of some of the folks there, it's nothing but just positivity everywhere. It's 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 a place where it's just filled with positivity and it's truly magical in every sense of the word. word. And it's 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 just um it's something that I, I'll forever be grateful for to be able to uh, to 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 meet the volunteers, the workers there, and see the families. Um, it's just a beautiful place, and I think it's important, especially if you're from different areas uh, outside of Florida, where you may not be as familiar with it. Uh, really take the time, look them up. It's it's just also an important story um, how the founder uh he experienced the worst of mankind when he was uh in unfortunately he was uh, uh suffered throughout the holocaust and uh, was in i believe five different concentration camps uh, his name is henry landworth and an amazing philanthropist and businessman ultimately but he had quite the journey um from losing uh his family members reuniting with his uh, his sister who survived and having seen just the worst and amazingly survive, um, he his legacy is now leaving one of the most beautiful legacies and, and exemplifying the best of humanity. Um, uh, I highly recommend if you're in the area, taking time to volunteer there. Um, you could volunteer, you could, I think it's like things, you could scoop ice cream, you could serve pizza to the family. It's just such positivity and just to check out the site. Um, and, and of course, we highly recommend you go to their website and, and you can make donations there as well. If you're, if you're a part of any type of, you know, whether it be marathon running or, you know, even at some of the, you know, cycling school classes, they have, you know, charity rides. If you could suggest this um, uh, to give money there, if you go to G, KtW.org get, for GiveKidsTheWorld.org. Um, you can read more about it there. You can look up videos on YouTube. You can read articles. You can type in Henry Landworth. That's Henry uh, ending in an I. Landworth, L-A-N-D-W-I-R-T-H. Um, you can read about um, uh, read about more of this amazing man that's become just one of my greatest inspirations. There's, he has an autobiography out and books you can get. And uh, please check it out and please spread the word. Um, uh it's, it's, it's nothing uh, but absolute magic and, and a, a, a tremendously important place.
1: Yeah, it's a very special place to see and to support. So mm. definitely check them out on the web. Give Kids the World. It's an amazing location. Uh, continuing our trip report, the, we had a great dinner that evening at Ravello at Four Seasons, which we've also talked about here on the podcast before. Tremendous meal. And then we went to the Animal Kingdom After Hours event, which uh, – we was also a repeat visit for us Uh, the after hours event for those of you that aren't familiar is the time in which disney closes down the parks to people unless you've bought a ticket for the private event and rumor is they cap attendance at 3,000 people in the park which is very low compared to the normal attendance that you would regularly see there and the idea is that you get to go on attractions multiple times when we got there, before we actually got there when the park was still open because they let you in at that time. And we went on the Kilimanjaro safari ride. We were one of the last cars to go for the day. It was I guess, about 8 o'clock at night when we left. And we did see animals, which is very cool at night. They were tougher to see because of the darkness, but it was still a memorable experience. Uh, totally different than the daytime uh, very skirt. different during the daytime. Uh, Then we did the Flights of Passage attraction, which is the highlight attraction in Pandora. We actually went on that twice with next to no weight. We did the Navi River Journey just a walk on, basically. Went on Dinosaur with no weight, which was tremendous. And then they give you free popcorn, free ice cream, free soda, free water, and all that good stuff. So overall, it was just a very memorable night over at the Animal Kingdom. Uh, the next day, we had breakfast over at our hotel at the Amatista Cookhouse. Nice breakfast buffet that Neil was speaking about earlier. And that day, we went to the Volcano Bay Water Park over at Universal Studios Orlando. Uh, Jack, have you been there before or to any of the Disney water parks?
0: Uh, we have not. We're just really not that big in terms of water parks. Like We don't really go to many in the New Jersey area, even though there's a bunch of them. And we haven't really been to... That many in Disney. We did used to go to the one in Hershey a lot because mm-hmm. that was very adjacent. It was like right adjacent to the actual park itself. Right. We got a lot when we were younger. But I haven't been to the water parks, although I know my brother has.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm like you. I'm not a big water park person. This actually was the first water park that I've ever been to. And I must say I was amazed. First off, I love the theming. It's all Polynesian themed. Uh, then there are plenty of attractions to go on if you're into that type of stuff. But even if you're not into attractions, they have something called the Fearless River which is one of my favorite things I've ever done in the Orlando area. It is a lazy river, but one that moves along at a very brisk pace. I don't recommend going on there with little kids because you do become easily separated from your party. And then as you're moving along this lazy river, what they do is they bring in waves so that you kind of bounce up and down. You get pushed from side to side. It's just a ton of fun. I, I could have stayed on there for hours. In addition to that, they have more of a traditional slower lazy river. And then the centerpiece of Volcano Bay is an enormous volcanic-like structure which has a huge pool in front of it which they send waves in, I guess, maybe once every half hour or so, give or take. And that's a lot of fun to do as well. And, of course, you could sit right there on the side and it's like you're just resting at a beach. And then the last thing I'll say about our trip report is that we, again, went to the Magic Kingdom After Hours event. This is something that we've done before as
2: well. Oh, it's Scott, not to interrupt you real quick, but
1: did you mention the food at Volcano Bay? Uh, No, why don't you say a few words about that?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things when I I love Volcano Bay, I wasn't a water park person at all either. And I consider Volcano Bay now to be essential. Um, Definitely worth checking out. And um, the Lazy River is worth the admission alone. But one thing that they really wanted to to do there was make sure it wasn't typical uh, food that you find at a water park. And the food selection there is fantastic. The food quality is terrific. And I highly recommend the Longboard Pizza. And the pretzel hot dog, um, just terrific uh, options there, and uh, uh, it's great. It's, it's just a very relaxing place to to be in. So, and w- what I think is an important thing to know here with Volcano Bay is, if you're in a large group, and some people like rides, some people want to relax, some people want a day at the beach. Unlike a water park that's kind of crazy and a lot going on, a volcano bay, you could have all that. Everybody could enjoy it their own way. If someone wants to just relax and sunbathe, if someone's taking a lot of Instagram photos, which we see there happening all the time, if somebody wants to have thrill rides and if somebody just wants to chill in the lazy river, you could just do that. And they also – you know, not having to wait in lines for anything because they give you the – Um, I think it's the Tapu Tapu, it's called, right? The uh, the watch. Um, So you never have to do that. Is also pretty nice because you could just tap that and chill in the lazy river, then go relax on the beach, go eat, and then you could do whatever ride you want to do. So no matter what your intentions are at a water park or just at a beach or anything, you could have that all there. So I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, Volcano Bay was awesome. And then going back to the Magic Kingdom After Hours event, the idea, just like with the Animal Kingdom After Hours event, is that you get on attractions with little to no waits, and in the course of the evening, went on Big Thunder Railroad, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jungle Cruise. Uh, Neil and our friend went on the Snow White Seven Dwarfs Mine Train a couple of times. I went on Astro Orbiter with Next to No Weight, People Mover, and so forth. So we've recommended this event before. It is a little pricey, unless you're an annual pass holder, in which in case you get a discount. But it was a lot of fun having the park basically to yourselves at night is great and the one thing I'll note is that over on our YouTube page I did post a very good video of what is known as the Kiska night over at Cinderella's castle where at the end of every evening they have a nice musical performance a recording of when you wish upon a star along with the message from a narrator and then the idea is I guess that Tinkerbell is giving the castle a Kiska night Uh, so that's on our YouTube page go check out that video and that was our trip. We really had a tremendous time and we love going to Orlando and can't wait to go back again.
2: Uh, and, and the boathouse, by the way, once oh, again. yes.
1: Well, just to mention, we went to dinner at the boathouse. Amazing as always. My favorite restaurant in the world. Travis was our waiter. He's very good guy. I was very just cool say, big shout
2: out to Travis. Great guy. Very waiter. Terrific. I mean, that place can't, it can never disappoint you. They can, it's just impossible. It's just, everything is so terrific there. Uh, every dish, every possible thing that we try is exceptional. And the staff is always beyond exceptional. And I love the 90s acoustic music uh, uh, live shows that they have there. Uh, it's great. Um, uh, and yeah, nothing beats having that food on the water, listening to Counting Blue Cars being performed live. I love it. Yeah. Love at the Boathouse. Yeah.
1: And now uh, we're going to turn it over to Jack for some commentary about an HBO documentary he recently saw.
0: So I recently saw the new HBO documentary, The Inventor. So if you're not familiar with um, Theranos, uh, Theranos was this company that came to fruition about two years ago being really, really successful and really popular, racking up a $9 billion valuation. And the person who ran the company, Elizabeth Holmes, was – as people described her, the next Steve Jobs. She dropped out of Stanford at the age of nineteen, and she was able to draw investors such as uh, former Secretary of Defense James Mattis and former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger to be uh, members of her board. And so, basically, what her product was and what Theranos was trying to do was change the way blood tests are done by changing it from a big, you know, like bag of blood you'd have to get your tests done when you go to the to those facilities to just getting your finger pricked and a little small like less than a centimeter vial, you could run like hundreds of blood tests, all the blood tests you'd ever need to run. And so the idea was really revolutionary and the idea that you could take your blood test from something so simple. And so they wanted to put it in everyone's home and at Walgreens nearby. And so that was the aim. And unfortunately, and what the documentary talks about is about how it quickly became one of the largest frauds ever uh, run in the United States, uh, specifically in the healthcare market. By the end of it, I mean, currently, Elizabeth Holmes is facing uh, federal charges. Um, she has inve- There's ongoing investigations with Theranos. Theranos was worth nothing, dropping from that $9 billion valuation. And it all caught up with Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos that they were just misleading investors and, frankly, lying about what their products were able to do. Their products were not able to do even one successful test on the machines that they were advertising could do successful tests for up for 300. And the really problematic thing is they had started selling these devices and these blood tests in Walgreens. They had made a deal with Walgreens, a million-dollar deal across the U.S. to have Theranos devices. And so people were getting their blood tested on these Theranos systems and revealed that they weren't accurate. So thousands of people who got these tests done had misleading information and information that was inaccurate about their health, which is seriously concerning. And that's kind of how this all started to unfold. People started saying, my tests are so crazy when I do it Theranos. And then they'd talk to their doctor about it. Their doctor would recommend they go to a typical uh, blood sampler, and they would reveal that the Theranos test was completely invalid. And so the documentary follows that trend. It talks about Elizabeth Holmes, her role in the company, how she came to be that successful, how Theranos grew as fast as it did. And it really does a great job of looking at the psychology behind Elizabeth Holmes. There are still a lot of unanswered questions around her how she was able to attract so many wealthy and influence influential people to her company and how she really sold herself to other people even though her product they didn't have a product it was worth nothing and it's a very interesting watch so it goes into the kind of the psychology behind her you reveal the show reveals that she was a little bit narcissistic to say the least about what she thought of herself and her ability to change things there are even questions about some other simple things that she would do. For example, she always wore black turtlenecks because she herself viewed Steve Jobs as a role model. And when you think she's that really successful person, it doesn't seem that odd because, hey, she's creating the next Apple product in terms of healthcare. But then once you reveal that it was all fake and it was all corrupt, it really makes you rethink the fact that she would do these things wear black turtlenecks would be like Steve Jobs. People also question her voice, which if you listen to interviews was very significantly deeper than a typical female voice would be. And not that that would be abnormal, but just the fact that it sounded so fake and edited and forced. So people question if that was all part of the, part of this facade that she'd create. And so there's a lot of really interesting things that the documentary talks about. And if you're interested in kind of corruption and a little bit of like a thriller kind of thing and, you know, anything along those lines, then the HBO documentary, The Inventor is a great watch. It's gotten amazing reviews and though it's two hours long, it keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. And I was quite fascinated by it and didn't really want it to end by the time it came to the end just because of how interesting it was. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check it out. The full review for that movie is, or that documentary is up on our blog page, but like I said, it's a great watch, and if you have HBO, I definitely recommend you check it out.
1: Jack, thank you for that. A couple of comments, yeah. first off, as as you were talking about this. I'll note that Elizabeth Holmes is getting married this year, even as she faces jail time. So that's – don't. That's, wow, I didn't know that. We're not breaking that news. That's available on the internet <laughs> and on a respectable website. I, I happen to look up how much jail time she faces. She faces a maximum sentence of 20 years. And a fine of two hundred fifty thousand dollars for each count of wire fraud and for each conspiracy count. Uh, this, when this story broke, I really was not familiar with Elizabeth Holmes and the company, but I was very unnerved by the whole story. I found it to be very, I found it to be a little bit frightening and disturbing, to say the least, because it's an example of how, in the twenty-first century, with all of these great advancements in technology, how we Inherently trust the companies and the people who are making those advancements, and yet, we we don't know enough as lay people to say whether or not they're doing everything appropriately. We believe what we're told, then it puts us all at risk. And this story is a perfect example of that. And the fact that she convinced so many intelligent, respected people to go along with her shows that if they're susceptible to being con, then we all are.
0: Absolutely, Scott. And it also talks a lot about that whole attitude, specifically in Silicon Valley, where in Silicon Valley, a lot of the times they play fast and loose with some of the rules and you know misleading investors, for example, because they think they're changing the world. And a lot of times they do, but a lot of times they also don't, like in the example of Theranos. And so the the risk is significant, where if you you buy all into these companies, and specifically Theranos, they're literally playing with people's health, then it becomes a lot more serious than just you know, uh, misleading an investor at a, at a at a pitch meeting. So it talks about that a lot as well. And it's a really interesting uh, point. It reinforced for me how important good investigative journalism is because the people who are able to, to break the story and actually make an impact was it was I, I feel bad for forgetting his name, but it was a reporter at the New York Times who when he first got the tip was vicious in Uh, following the story and trying to uncover as much as he could about it which eventually led to the story the the whole company actually shutting down and if it wasn't for these investigative journalists these corruption stories you just would not hear about them so it reinforced to me how important they you know those people really are
2: Uh, that's great uh that's you're absolutely right um it's definitely uh, i'm looking forward to seeing the documentary and it's definitely concerning there's a lot of Uh, questions that need to be answered uh, and a lot of uncertainty in this area that um, uh, it's you can't help but be uh, hesitant about jumping into something that we're really not too sure of the specifics Um, no question about it
1: and she she what she did is really terrible because she knew that people out there would be using her product and would be getting results that can't be trusted so she's endangering people's health and well-being. Absolutely. It's a very yeah, they,
0: serious crime. I do a couple of interviews with – and frankly, people are frustrated with the fact that she's only facing 25 years and 250 – or 20 years and $250,000 considering she was literally playing with people's lives. I mean if you're someone who relies on these blood tests, uh, whether you have a, you know, a variety of different diseases where you blo- rely on blood tests for these day-to-day results and you're getting inaccurate information and relying on that information, it's not just – you know. At that point, her pet project, it's a project that could seriously put people's uh, health and well-being at risk. So people I've heard are very frustrated with the fact that she's only facing the amount of time she is. People think it should be a lot more considering what she was able to do.
1: Yeah, as we were talking, I'm looking at an article from Vanity Fair on my phone here. There's a writer for the Wall Street Journal, I may not be pronouncing his name right, but John Carriero, who wrote a book called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in the Silicon Valley Startup. And he was recently interviewed about Elizabeth Holmes. That's what the book is about, and uh, he indicated, he says, quote, I think she absolutely has sociopathic tendencies, and one of those tendencies is pathological lying. Then uh, the interviewer asked him if Elizabeth Holmes feels guilty for all the people's lives who are affected, and he said, quote, she has shown zero sign of feeling bad or expressing sorrow or admitting wrongdoing or saying sorry to the patients. Whose Alive, She Endangered,
0: close quote. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: just really uh, – it's a sad story, and it, it gets you yeah. get angry. It really – it got yeah. me angry when I first heard about it.
0: And he's one of the uh, two reporters um, who was actually interviewed also in the documentary. He has a large role in the documentary talking about how he went about finding his information. And it's a, it's a great point you're bringing up because it also raises the question as, you know, what's the line between – when you see like whether it's a CEO – or a person of very high influence and power in the U.S. or even internationally. What's the line between charismatic and, you know, uh, daring? Someone like Steve Jobs, in comparison to like narcissistic and lying and deceitful. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like the the problem here is people blended that line. They saw someone who was so confident in her own abilities and what she was, you know, preaching that they didn't really look at any of the other possible motivating factors that could have been affecting it. And as a result, you gave someone who might have sociopathic tendencies a $9 billion company and thousands of people relying on her uh, results as well. Yeah,
1: Jack, thank you for that. That was tremendous. Uh, And I know you wrote a blog post on our website related to this film, so all of our listeners should go and, and check that out for sure. Awesome. So now we turn to the very popular Stuff We Love segment. This is a part of the show where the hosts talk about something. could be a movie, a book, a song, an album, a video game that they're enjoying right now. It's basically a chance for us to offer our recommendations to you. Uh, Jack, why don't you start today's Stuff We Love segment?
0: So the first item I have to talk about for my Stuff We Love segment is a movie, actually. It's a movie called About Time, and it's from 2013. So it's nothing new that you know we've on the podcast have discovered here but it was something i had never heard about or seen and it's really one of the best movies i've ever seen so it's a it's kind of a rom-com i guess i'd say but it's really a lot more than that it's kind of also sci-fi as you see once you get into the movie but it's really more about just the relationships that this family has and how how it affects uh, um, these these arc- these actors and so there are a lot of notable actors in this movie uh, so the first is obviously Rachel McAdams, who plays the female lead. Also, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. I always do. Dom Hall Gleason, who played uh, a significant role also in the Star Wars movies. You're familiar with him. Um, Admiral Hux, I believe he played as well in the Star Wars movies. Also features prominent actors like Bill Nye. Um, also Tom Hollander, who's in that new movie uh, Bird Box on Netflix, as well as Margaret Robbie, who had a smaller supporting role in the movie. Um, so the Like I said, the basic plot is it's a rom-com, but it's a really sweet and sincere movie. And if in the midst of whatever chaos you're going through in your life, you want a really nice feel-good movie, I highly recommend you check it out. It's got a 69% score on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and an 81% score on Rotten Tomatoes from the fans, which I always view as the more important score anyways on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's a really, really enjoyable movie, a great feel-good movie. So if you have the time, it's not that long to watch and it's super fun to watch, great family movie, I highly recommend you check it out.
1: Jack, that's a great recommendation. I actually had seen that uh, maybe two years ago or so, and I loved it. It was a great film, so I really recommend that as well.
0: And so the second uh, product I have for the Stuff we Love segment today is this service called Mint, and it's by the same company who runs QuickBooks, uh, Intuit. And so it is a product, a free service you can have on your phone as an app and on your computer as well. And it's a budgeting, a personal budgeting app. So i had have been looking for something like this. Just kind of want to be a little bit smarter with how I was spending my money. And what it does is it keeps track of all transactions you have. You log into your bank through it. You can log in even to your stock portfolio through it. And it keeps track of all investments you have. It categorizes them on what you're spending it on. And then also lets you create, which I've loved, this budget service, which allows you to make certain budgets for how much you want to be spending in uh, per you know, food, per movies, per whatever, per, per gas, whatever it could be, per month. And it keeps track of that in real time. And so it's just a super awesome service considering it's free. It allows you to sign into really any service you might have, any bank you might have, any um, savings account you might have, any stock account you might have, and keep track of all your, all your uh, transactions that way. So if you are looking to save a little bit money and be a little bit smarter with what you're spending money on, I recommend you check it out. You just put it on an app on your phone. You can check it whenever you want, and it's really amazing.
1: Very cool. Thank you, Jack, for those recommendations. So my Stuff We Love recommendation tonight is a particular channel on Sirius XM Radio. It's channel 106. The name of the channel is Volume. And it's a talk channel where they discuss all different types of music. So one of the things I've really enjoyed in this era of great podcasts and talk radio is listening to people Speak about music, the stories, whether it's the artists themselves telling the stories behind the music or fans of the music talking about what artists and albums they love and what songs they are fans of, or whether it's musicologists sort of breaking down musical intricacies about the songs. Uh, volume covers all of that. So in, it's not uncommon to put on volume, and on one show, the hosts will be talking about Dua Lipa, and then 15 minutes later, they'll be talking about the Beatles, and then 15 minutes later, be talking about. 1980s hip-hop that really covers everything so I really enjoy it just volume on Sirius XM Joe our co-host is actually not on the show tonight But I know he's a big fan of it as well and we both listen to it all the time So that's my stuff. We love for this evening. Neil.
2: So mine is just a simple product that uh, I just have really enjoyed uh, using uh, uh, It's for my Amazon uh, Alexa dot it's I uh, have the third generation I keep uh, I keep this in the bathroom, so when I'm showering, shaving, um, I, I can listen to music and utilize the Alexa in there. Um, but I never liked having it plugged in with the cord lying around. Um, uh, so I just ordered on Amazon Prime the outlet wall mount hanger holder. For me, it's for the uh, third generation uh, Echo Dot. and. It's just, a, it's just a small little item. It's only, I think, like 10.99 or so on Amazon, and you could get uh, – it just makes it for a, a easy – you don't have to use any tape or nothing like the cord wraps around the back. It just looks very sleek, and um, it, it just makes for – it's a nice little addition to have uh, wherever you keep your Alexa, whether it's in the bathroom, the kitchen, family room. Uh, it's less cords and just, just simple.
1: Thank you, Neil. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. We would like to thank again our sponsor, Autoslash. Visit them on the web at autoslash.com to save money on your next car rental. We are on Twitter at StuffWeLovePod. Our Instagram handle is StuffWeLovePodcast. We have a, fa- a Facebook page, which we encourage you to go to and like. We have a website at StuffWeLovePodcast.com. There, visitors can learn about the hosts, can visit a products page to see where, what we recommend, and you can read our blog entries, including Jack's review of the HBO documentary about Elizabeth Holmes that he was speaking of tonight. Uh, our email address is stuffylovepodcast.gmail.com, and please leave us those five-star reviews on iTunes. They are much appreciated. So thank you all again for tuning in. Let's go around the table. I am Scott.
2: I'm Jack. I'm Neil.
1: And this has been the Stuff We Love
2: podcast.